welcome to another episode of Tell Me About It With You Kill. Today, we are joined by an uh, interesting guest, uh, Christian, my guy. Um, and we are going to be discussing something that we as housing professionals or former housing professionals enjoy doing, talking about housing. Um, so this is going to be a part of a hopefully three-part series, four-part series of, you know, talking about housing experiences with the different levels of uh, housing professionals or former housing professionals called living in your skin in spaces where non-white skin isn't there, right? What that also means is we're going to particularly be talking about our experiences as housing staff of color in a space like a PWI. So um, like we do with all of our guests on Tell Me About It With Jaquil, we ask the dying question, Christian, Tell the people about an experience that you have had with me. <laughs> anything? Yeah, I got you. So, um, me and Jaquil, man, this this my brother, man. Like my first year as an RA, he he took me through the ropes. Every I would say every week I was on call. Jaquil was also on call. You know, Jaquil was always there to help me out, uh, come through. We we hooped together. He he was the one who picked me up. I ain't even. I ain't even got to, you know, walk to the gym. You, hey, I'm going to come pick you up. All right, Jaquil, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, when I lived by myself, you know, Jaquil came through in Fullerton. He waited, what, like an hour? I yeah, think he yeah. waited an hour after I got off work. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Jaquil, I'm going to be done at 6 p.m. I think I got done at 7. Yeah. And then he, he literally waited. I, I was like, oh, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running a little behind. I got to stay a little longer. And I, I'm so, I was like, what the, he really stayed away from me. You know, I appreciate that. But I want to say the biggest and most memorable thing I'll never forget. I don't know if you remember it, but that one time we were like in the like patio area, the little uh, common, not the common area for Parkside in front. Uh, you know, those little tables. Okay. I know those. Yeah. It's like right after I started applying for my master's program, mm. you sat me down. It was like, uh, I don't want to say like later in the day. I was it was a Friday, I know, because I think we were about to hoop or or like we just got done hooping. And then you were just talking to me about life, what you want to get from each program. You broke it down uh, school by school, every school that I applied to. And you're like, what do you want to get? What do you what are you looking for? Uh, things like that, like that that whole process, and you always being there and being open to like you know helping me out is a it's a big reason where I'm at today, you know, with my master's program, almost done. Um, almost done. Woo. You know what I mean? It's been, <laughs> dude, it feels like it's been a flash. I'm almost done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, you've been a big, you know, help and the big guidance and support system for me. Um, I look I look up to you as a big brother, even though sometimes you just be, you just be saying things, man. <laughs> you know, I, it's been a real help for me uh, in my educational experience, and then me growing up as a person means a lot, bro. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, though. You know, hey, we get starting off all emotional. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's just you know, I think you know one of the big reasons why I did start this podcast is um, to talk about like you know the things about like our experiences in higher ed as yeah. like people of color. But it's also like, you know, while we're in higher ed, we do make connections with people and like showing, I, I think I really wanna show people that there are, there are professionals in the field 
who really do just want the best for, for other people and really do just want to be like, all right, like I want to make an impact on students' lives and stuff like that. And for me, it's like, I don't, <clears throat> I don't set out to be like, I'm going to change everybody's life, right? I, I think for me, it's more so like I notice things, right? In housing, particularly, it was like, I noticed that there's like eight of us in terms of men of color, right? <laughs> like there's literally just eight of us, right? And that's counting the professional staff and out of the 52 plus RAs, right? There's literally eight men of color. Yeah. And then, you know, I had, I had the opportunity of supervising one directly, you know, my banana boat, my guy, you know, um, and that, that, and then being able to like indirectly supervise the rest of you, I think, you know, just being able to create genuine connections, right? And let, let you all know, like we're, we're, we as staff too are, we're, we're normal people. Like, you know, I hoop, I, I talk shit, I, you know, I joke and stuff, but like at the end of the day, like, you know, my experiences in grad school or how I got to grad school and stuff, I, if I could help somebody with that, like that was my goal. Um, and so those are some of the things that I do remember as well as like, just really just having those like conversations about like life and uh, conversations about just like, where do you want to see yourself? You know, like, you know, we, we hoop, we do housing together. We talk shit about some on-call situations and stuff. You know, we go to Taco Bell after we hoop and stuff, but, yeah. like, but like, what, what do we like, where do you want to see yourself? And I know like, you know, there was a period of time where you, you were like, oh, I'm going to be an RC and I'm going to, you know, go to grad school and stuff. And it's going to be all this. And, you know, it didn't pan out that way where, you know, um, which, you know, I don't get it, but you know, <laughs> man, oh my God. I don't get it. I was like, oh, I would have hired them, but whatever, you know, um, but, you know, you still got a fortunate opportunity to be in a, a grad program at Fullerton and, being able to, you're, you're so close to graduation. And it's crazy because like, I think about it, like, like when I came into to Long Beach, you know, as an RC in like 2017, right? It's yeah. like, oh damn, like he's about to graduate grad school. <laughs> like, like, like that's wild to me. Um, but no, like I, I appreciate those experiences. And it's, I think, you know, uh, being able to just still kind of like connect and be in your life and, you know, just talk about the things that we're doing currently or just, you know, talk about basketball or anything. I think that's that's something that I, I really cherish and like those genuine connections really do help, uh, yeah. especially during times like fucking this, like where everybody's stuck in the house and a pandemic and stuff. So just like this does give me an opportunity to check in and stuff like that. But also, you know, have this conversation. Um, but um, you know, without without the uh, sentimental conversations and things like that, we couldn't get to where we are now. So um, I appreciate that. So you know, talking about housing, right? Um, which for people who don't know what it's like to be a housing professional uh, or just work in housing, we'll try to break it down for you of what our lives look like, right? So I'll talk about what my schedule looked like as a RC, and then you could talk about what your schedule looked like as an RA, right? And to give people some context, and then we'll get into more of the dialogue. So for me, right, I was a residential coordinator, which I guess meant that I supervised RAs. Um, I responded to on-call situations, um, ranging from anywhere between like roommate conflict to like underage drinking to you know hospital 
uh, visits and stuff like that. And so what my schedule looked like was uh, practically from nine to 11, 12-ish, right? I'd be either doing office work from, you know, talking about what my college council is going to do um, for uh, being in the mail room or in the service centers, checking in on the service center staff, um, and just trying to make those connections with residents. Then I, you know, take my little lunch in, you know, in the dining hall, then get back to the grind of, you know, checking in with students, one-on-ones with my uh, advising uh, council, college council. Um, every once in a while, my RAs will have programs that I'd have to evaluate or something like that. Um, from there, I would procrastinate on doing homework assignments from grad school <laughs> and then uh, try to connect with the RAs. And then, you know, from five to practically 10, I, it's all grad school um, class, uh, assignments, group work, all of that. And then returning back to housing uh, to deal with more like residents or hang out with the RAs and stuff like that if I wasn't on call. Now, if I was on call, different story. Yeah. Uh, on call, I can't go nowhere. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm stuck within a radius, uh, can't be no further than 15 minutes away because the phone can ring for anything at any given point. Um, usually we as RCs, we hold the phone from like nine in the morning, 10 in the morning till the next day. And then we pass it off to the other RC. Um, and so that phone could ring for practically anything. It can be something as small as an RA having an issue or residents having issues or police being called or anything like that. So um, that's what our schedules looked like well, for me, um, which was pretty busy. I didn't really have free time. It kind of killed my social life, but um, that's what it looked like. You know, I'm busy for most of the day and then grad school for the night and then back to kind of relax until the next day start all over again. Uh, but what was your RA schedule like? It's a little similar to yours, but I want to say yours is a little more busy because, you know, grad school is a, its own little beast of itself. Yeah. But um, it's similar to us, you know, you got uh, meetings you got to go to uh, about each week. You got to check in with your RC, um, sit down, have a little one-on-one -on -one conversation to see where you're at, uh, where uh, the building's at, or, uh, you know, your programs you got to put on. I forget, I think it's like five a semester, right? I can't remember. Uh, I've worked in too many housing things with too many different rules for the RAs. I think y'all's was either four or five, depending on. Yeah, something like that, you got to put on an event, uh, like five a semester. And then at that, I remember that year also, we had to help out RHA. So we had to sign up, help out RHA or college council with their events as well, <clears throat> which is like not a problem. I, I loved, you know, my brothers are in RHA, so I'm gonna help them out regardless. But, um, yeah, we had to do that. So, and then we got school as well, you know, uh, got to work on homework, make sure you can't uh, fall below a, a 2.0. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure you keep your GPA up so you could still remain in the housing position. But I think the, the biggest thing that I would always take away is you're, you're an RA 24-7. Mm -hmm. You go to class, you walk up to upper campus, uh, you see someone who lives in your building or someone who lives in your residential area, they, they know you're an RA. So anything that you do or say, it's like amplified because you're in that little uh, fishbowl where, you know, we know him, you know, we know where he lives, what he does, things like that. So you just got to be mindful and careful what you do. And then 
on call situations, I think we start at like 10 and then it goes up until eight in the morning. So like, like you said, it could, it could be anything. People would just be calling, oh, there's noise. Oh, there's a little raccoon outside. I'm scared I can't go out and it's, it could be anything. I'm locked out of my room. Oh, there's a fight, you know, things like that. It's just, you're always an RA in, in whatever you do when, when, when you are an RA, you know, you just, you're just always an RA 24 seven. Yeah, that's, and that's one of the things, right? I think that that does provide a lot of context for, for the people who don't know what housing is, right? Um, whether you just never lived on campus or you just never knew what those experiences were looking like, right? You see it in movies, right? A lot of people see it in movies like, oh, that's what an RA is. They knock on your door and go, how are you doing, right? Yeah. But, you know, uh, if there's one thing that I could tell people, right, you know, is like, it's not like what the movies say, you know what I mean? Like, most RAs try not to like bother their residents as much, right? They do have mandatory, like make sure you're connecting with your residents and checking in on them because, you know, they're going through issues too, right? But also understanding like, yo, I'm like a, a resident and a student too. So like, I'm in my classes, I'm doing my thing. So like, if it's not an issue that I, I don't have to address, you know, like, cool, I see you in the hall. Hey, what's up? You know, I work here. If you have questions, let me know, you yeah. know? And for me, it was a little different because I think, half of the time I was there, a lot of people thought I was an RA because mm -hmm. I was super interactive. I was always, you know, with residents or always hanging out with RAs and stuff like that. So I think they thought I was an RA. And then, you know, when we would just randomly run into situations, like just by hanging out with RAs, I'd be like, damn, I got to be an RC right now. Hold on. <laughs> like, and then they'd have to talk to residents like, like, hey, you can't do that. And they'd be like, well, who are you? And I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm the residential coordinator. And yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. And I'm like, no, no, no worries. Like, I, I don't try to come across as like, I'm authority, listen to me. I, I just want the best for, for you, you know, the living situation and follow the policy. So exactly. you don't end up in somebody's office. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, but, you know, being, a, being an RA or being a RC or any other housing position, you know, um, does come with perks, right? You know, some of the big perks is the free housing. Or that man, that's one of the biggest perks because we know what housing insecurity looks like around the country, right? Um, and it's just a big fee that just is off your shoulders. But when people say that, oh, I'll do the RA position just for, for the free, for the free housing, understand that free may be you not paying, mm -hmm. but you are paying, okay? Mm -hmm. you, you are worked. They will work you. Mm -hmm. um, that's the whole position like that's why you get such good compensation because you're on call and you deal with things that you would never think you would ever have to deal with yeah right? um i can talk about so what i want to do right is like talk about like just situations that you've dealt with where you were like i can't believe i'm dealing with this shit, right and so one situation that i can remember uh at beachside um is I was on call for two days in a row, right? Which is annoying, right? that's, how, that's just annoying. Yeah. And it was literally like hell week. And, you know, it was that, that recruitment week for fraternities and sororities. And I was like, I already know it's about to be popping this week. And so I remember this girl had, she was coming from a fraternity party off campus um, and was returning to Beachside, um, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I got a call 
um, from the RAs on duty and they're like, hey, there's this girl passed out on the, the beachside uh, dining hall stairs. And I'm like, oh, just wake her up and then see what's wrong with her. And they're like, no, like she's, she has like vomit on her and everything. And I was like, dang, all right, I'm gonna cruise through. So I come up and I get about halfway up the stairs and I can smell the vomit, right? Uh, she's not that it like super matters what she's wearing, but she was wearing like a tube top and a super short skirt and it was cold outside. And so I noticed that somebody had threw a sweater on top of her, you know, because she was cold. But I was like, if you're gonna throw a sweater on top of her, you might as well check in on her, like what? <laughs> but so I was trying to talk to her, trying to get her name. Um, she wouldn't tell me her name. She was really drunk. Um, so we had to call the ambulance, right? And when the ambulance came, she got really like belligerent and like, I'm not going, I'm not going. And I'm just like, yo, you gotta go. Like, they have to check in on your vitals and all this stuff, right? And they're trying to ask me, do you know her name? I'm like, I can't, I can't, I don't have, she doesn't have ID, she won't tell me her name. Like, all I need is a little bit, and then I can look it up in the system. You know, like, I just need a little bit, then I can go to star res that bad boy, and then finally get enough information from her to, to go look up her information, right? Find out that she's underage, right? And I'm like, dang, that's another issue. Right. And then, so we start talking to her. She's becoming a little bit clarity. She's on the gurney now. Um, and she's just all like, my friends left me at a party and I don't know where they are. I went to Taco Bell. You know, there's that the Taco Bell that's close by. So I went to Taco Bell and then now I'm here. And I'm just like, you gotta go. So they, they took her to the hospital. All of her friends show up at Beachside a little later right they all call me like we don't know where our friend is I was like she's at the hospital yeah <laughs> y'all left her right the next day I'm still on call right and I didn't get a lot of sleep because it was like four in the morning that we finished the situation because I'm writing the duty report you know got to deal with all that you know information and I get a call from uh, Melinda Melly P um and um she's all like oh you know what time did the student leave uh let me know if the student comes back right go check by her apartment check by her apartment student's not there right um I checked the RAs in a little later and then I I let them know hey if she's in her apartment you know when you do your walks and stuff call me so I can go talk to her yeah She's in her apartment, right? I go there, I knock on her door and I'm like, hey, are you good? She's like, yeah. And I was like, you have to set up an appointment with me. We just have to talk about the situation. Uh, set up an appointment, right? Happens that she lived right on my floor. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So she knocked on my door, right? I open my door, prop it open, She's sitting on my couch and we're talking. And I'm like, so like, how's everything? How are you feeling and stuff? And she's just like, I feel really sick and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, what's going on? She's like, oh, it's not like like physically sick. She's like, I'm just really thinking about my college experience now. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I'm a sophomore. And that was my first fraternity party. And all my friends left me. And, and she was like, and then when I woke up in the hospital, they weren't there. The only people that were there were my parents. And they had to fly four hours down to come see me in the hospital. And they had a hospital bill to pay. And I was like... I was like, yikes, I was all like, what, like, what does that mean for you, right? And she, so we just had this like really real conversation. Um, and she was just like, I, 
I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. And I was just like, I was like, well, don't say that now because you're young, right? This experience is going to shape the way you think about drinking at parties and stuff like that. I was like, it's your college experience, like enjoy it. But also understand restrictions, understand where you are, safety, and like who you're with, like your friends. I was like, that's the first thing that you got to reevaluate. It's like the people you were with, they left you. That's, yeah. that's the truth. They left you. Yeah. Like you got to figure out if those are people you want to still have in your life or not. And she was just all like, I really just appreciate you sitting down and having this conversation with me. I also appreciate the fact that like, you know, you actually helped me, you know, instead of leaving me up on those stairs. And I was just all like, well, it's kind of my job. <laughs> but like, I was like, but honestly, if I saw somebody on some stairs, I'd probably go up there and check in on them anyways. And, and then I remember her leaving my apartment and then the next day I had to have a roommate conflict with her and her roommates because her roommates were the friends who left her. (laughs) She like, so she decided to switch rooms and I was just like, this is wild. This is wild. But that was was my first like big beachside on-call situation. Yeah. Um, there was definitely several other situations that I've had, but that was like my first like at beachside while I was on duty. Like it was wild. It was it was just wild. I was just like, what, what the hell? But for you, right? What what has been a situation that you've dealt with where you were just like, why am I dealing with this? Shoot, there's there's a couple. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about when I my first year. You know, because obviously you were there. Yeah. You helped me out with certain uh, certain situations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, literally, <clears throat> day one, uh, move-in day. You know, everyone's moving in. Everyone's getting to know each other. Uh, and my partner, Dana, shout out to Dana, by the way. She's getting, she got engaged. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. My first, literally my first day on the job, when everyone's coming in, you know, uh, the rooms in Parkside, they could fit max eight people, right? Because it's a little shoebox of a room. Yeah. And then, like, the rule is, like, six people. Yeah. So there was one time, like, uh, or the one that one day, it was uh, everyone's in the common room area trying to, you know, mingle, trying to talk to each other, uh, trying to get to know each other. There's uh, people passing by the common room area, you know, some random people out Obviously, I'm, I'm getting to know everybody. It's first day. People, swarms of people come, coming by. Yeah. But I'm just like, what's going on? You know? But I didn't think much of it. First day, I was just like, oh, they're probably just hanging out, like going to different rooms, checking out. So I'm talking to everyone in the common room area. Dana's like, are you not going to say nothing? I was like, what you, what you mean? Like, what's going on? And then she just like pointed me at that direction. I was like, what? So we start walking over to where all these people, you know, turned into like the suite because uh parkside how they're set up mm. it's suite style you know they got multiple rooms in one little area so we we turned to the little suite area and sure enough there's just like hella people just chilling around there you knock on the door on uh, one of the doors right because you could just hear like mumbling people like mu- music playing hella people talking we knock on the door uh, ra's uh, open up please right silence just right after that complete silence bro music was just busting people were just talking like where everyone go you feel me 
And you just hear, shh, it's quiet. All right, please, please open the door. Dude opens the door, he's just like peeking through. He's like, yes. Uh, and Dana's, Dana took control because I was, I was so confused. I was like, I did not think this was happening right now. You feel me? Yeah. And then Dana's like, oh, can you please open the door? Dude opens the door all the way. At least, you kill. I'm not joking, at least 16 to 17 people in that room. Shoebox of a room. <laughs> four people four people on a bed, four people on the bed. I was like, what, what the hell's going on here? We come and she asked, can, can we come in? You know, that's that's the thing you got to do. You got to yeah. have, have cassettes come in. Yeah. So they said, yeah, we come in. You, you've seen the closets. Closets are not are not big. You could fit a few clothes in there, you know, a few mm -hmm. hangers. Two people in each closet. I was like, what, what's going on? Like, what's happening here? There's just like beer everywhere, alcohol everywhere. I was just like, man, this is literally my first day on the job. Like all this is happening right now. You know, I'm just trying to relax, trying to hang out and meet new people in the building. And then we had to do a write-up that day, obviously, right? <laughs> and what people don't know, sometimes those write-ups could take, you know, real short, real short and sweet. But with 15, 16 people, you had to write every name down there. You had to take every ID. Some of these people allegedly weren't even part of the school, you know? And I'm just like, man, like, really? Like, this is how I'm going to start it off. Damn. Right. So that was like my first big introduction as to being an RA. Dana just pulled me right into shape. And I was like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy yeah. job we all got, got to deal with. Yeah. I was, I was the resident who would be a part of that. You know, I was, <laughs> I was the best resident. I would, I would be like, you know, hanging out multiple people in the room, doing things, just, you know, yeah. It, I'll do that type of resident. It's, I think too, like, you know, you touch on like, <laughs> you just never know. Like yeah. when, when you're in, when you work in housing, you just never know what's going to happen. And which is why they try to prepare you. Like we go through like training, like for weeks, right? And, you know, you just never know what you're going to deal with. The situation can be super simple or the situation can be super complex, right? Yeah. Or, or not complying, right? But you do have those residents who've lived there for a while, so they understand how to get around some of the rules, mm -hmm. right? Like Christian said, right? When you're a housing professional, you, you're pretty much a vampire. You got to get consent to go into any room. Like, and so if you say, hey, can I come into your, your apartment? And they say, no, you just got to be outside and talk to them yeah. from the door. And yeah. they have to open the door, which is why RAs typically call RCs or you know, an upper level staff member. And we have a little bit more authority, but you know, unless there's probable cause for us to key into a room, we still can't come in. Yeah. Um, and so th those are hard, right? And I think, um, you know, we'll talk about some of the situations that we've personally dealt with. Oh, together. Um, but um, I just wanted to touch on like, you know, um, being a housing staff is, is difficult already, right? In itself, right? Which is why I always commend RAs and that's why I treated the RAs the way that I treated them, right? Y'all are first responders. Y'all are the first ones on the scene, right? Y'all are there before us as the ones with more authority. And so y'all deal with everything. So I was always like, you know, treating the RAs with the utmost respect and trying to just like make sure that they was good, you know? Um, and I think too, like when, when I think about it, I'm like, man, being a housing staff was hard, but being a housing staff of color was harder like every door that I would go to 
people would be like, you don't work in housing. I'm like, what do you mean yeah. I work in housing? What? I had a name tag on, a polo, what do you mean? Yeah. So I'm like, nah. It's like, so I think a lot of people just like looked at me and was like, nope, ain't no black dude working in housing. And I'd be like, come on, man. Like, I just need to do my job. Like, let me do my job. You know, and so there's definitely has been housing situations where, you know, people have been a little bit like, whether it was a little racist or they assumed something or even like, you know, because we live there too. We live where we work, right? Like I I wear joggers and a t-shirt everywhere I go. So of course you're not gonna like on first glance be like, oh, he's a housing professional staff member. That's but, what I'm saying, yeah. But I got a name tag on. Nobody's pretending to be a housing. <laughs> yeah. So like I got a lot of underestimation and stuff like that, which really sucked. Um, that I probably wouldn't have gotten if I was just some random white dude. So like, see, which brings up a, a crazy uh, experience that I had. So I had I had an experience like that to where there were actually people who were impersonating RAs. I don't know if you remember this. Mm. In my opinion, yeah, they came through. Two That's white dudes in polos. You remember this? Yep, yep, yep. Wow, yeah. They they came in, started impersonating RAs. They had a trash bag and everything, and they were going knocking around, knocking around people's rooms, and they were like, "Yeah, we're we're RAs. We just got to be able to search the room for it right now." And they had people come out, and they were just taking valuables, mm -hmm. right? And then I was like, "Man, that's that's cool. That's wild. I didn't I didn't know that you could easily do that." But the the main um, characteristics that everyone knows these are two white dudes with blonde hair or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, apparently you automatically assume if <laughs> dude in white polos, they come in they're and they're white. Yeah. You know, they're RAs, you know, yeah. no badge, no nothing, no name tag, no nothing. It's okay <laughs> for them to come into your room. But if me, you've seen, you've seen the way I dress as an RA. I got my little, you know, my little uh, muscle t-shirt on, shorts, my bandana rocking. You don't think someone like that, oh, he's just walking by, he's not. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. It's like, you know, the way that we dress as, as housing, right? You know, they try to create standards. Oh, please wear your polo. Please wear Long Beach gear so they know that you're a staff member. It's all like, no, like the fact that I'm knocking on their door and screaming policies at them should tell them enough. And I got a name tag. And so that's, that's enough. Like this, this whole world of professionalism about clothing and stuff is like, when I'm at my apartment, I'm not wearing a polo and some jeans. And yeah. like, that's not, I'm wearing joggers and stuff. And when you're responding to a situation, I'm not about to just rush to put on clothes. I'm going to go respond to the situation because I don't know what's going to happen. Some of it is very time sensitive, right? And I think that's extremely important, right? And, and I think that situation is the perfect example, right? Like if me and you were just walking around like, with trash bags, with trash bags, knocking on people's doors, like, hey, we're RAs, let us into, you know, people, even though we were staff members, they would yeah. probably be like, no, show me proof. Yeah. Like, and it's all like, why? Because of what I look like, you wouldn't just let me. So I'm saying, like, the crazier thing is, like, some of the residents have met me, like, we've had conversations. I'd be behind the service center having these conversations with them, name tag on and everything. And then I would ask them something at a program or something, and they would act like they don't know who I am. Yeah. I'm like, you, I just had a conversation with you about your package. Yeah. Like, I work here, clearly. Clearly, I work here and stuff. And so those were definitely 
some of the weirder things that like has happened in housing just because of you know not being white or not being like housing what they think housing is right most of the posters are just you know white white dudes white girls like you want to be a housing staff member want to be an ra you know they started switching it up and which is good you know but there's still a, the issue of representation right um, and we'll talk about representation in a little, but I want to talk about these experiences that we had while I was on call. I'm thinking of one in particular. Uh, Same one. Uh, old, I forgot the dude's name, and I guess it's not even relevant, but the dude who was being creepy. I remember his name. <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call him B. Man, I remember just being like, this dude is creepy. <laughs> like, and that's one thing you will experience in housing. There are there are creepy people. You know, there are, there are dudes who will like follow you to your apartment. There are, you know, there are people who are just trying to like get all your personal information, all this stuff, right? It happens wherever you live, wherever you but walk walk us through that situation, Christian. What what happened on your end? Shoot. <laughs> Shoot, I was just a little little already confused of what was going on you know i had residents coming into my my room like letting me know what was going on with this creepy dude he came in from all right so i'll start from the beginning so this dude he came in from a different building right first of all and they moved him to our building you know for i i don't know why he's a senior right he's about 23 right 23 24 at that time he's moving to a building all freshmen first of all why would you do that? Why would you have a senior dude move into a building all freshmen? That don't make sense. First of all, that was, that was a red flag for me. Second of all, they put him in my building. They're like, Christian, you're great RA. You know what I mean? You're doing good at your job. We want you to have to watch it. Why, why me? <laughs> what did I do to accept? I, I didn't do great. I haven't been great yet. But they put him in my building. And already students, I mean, that's it. our residents that were coming in. Hey, Christian. Uh, this dude's a little, uh, it's a little weird. He just be following us to our room. You know, these are all uh, girl residents that I had. Um, they would be going into a room, you know, open the door, and apparently he'd just be running in and just trying to go into their suite. I'd be like, man, this, this is already wild. So I sat him down. I was like, hey, you can't be doing that. I mean, this is their personal space. It, I, I understand it's a public space, but this is their suite. You don't got a key to the suite. Don't go into their suite, right? Other situations. You know, he came in, everyone's in my, in my building, welcomed him with warm, uh, open arms, you know, warm welcome, open arms, uh, exchanging information, uh, maybe either Snapchat, text, things like that. So there was one time one of my residents said uh, to him, uh, I'm going to go to bed. So she went to her, goes to her room, right? She didn't, she didn't go to bed. She was just talking to her roommate, right? This dude alleged like she told me I, I believe her because uh she's not one to just throw out lies out there he went like outside to her window area like like the blinds mm -hmm. there was like open open area for her for him to see he's peeking through and seeing and texted her you ain't asleep why'd you lie to me and i was like what the what's going, what's going on here but the the situation with you i think he was the with what I remember, he was going into suites, mm -hmm. and then you had to get called, right? And you were—I think you were already there. I don't remember if you got called or you were already there hanging out. With so I was already there hanging out with you. 
Um, and you were just all like, because we were both on call. Yeah. I was and just I think like, you helped me with the situation. And I was like, for sure. Yeah. Okay. What we I got? Can. What we got? Yeah. And then you so, were telling me about him. You're yeah, a good you whole rundown. Like he's had situations before, you know, you know, do maybe a little like off. He, he and then you were telling me like the way he talks is a little different and stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm sensitive to those issues, right? Yeah. There may be a, a, a social uh, barrier. There may be like, you know, mental health issues, whatever. I was like, all right, let me just put myself in mind, you know? It, it took you real quick to prepare yourself. I think yeah. it took you less than 10 seconds. I was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. So we, we walk, I remember we were walking into the suite of where uh, they were saying he's at. But I think we were searching for him. We went suite to suite yeah. searching for him <laughs> because. I think he was, he went into one of the girl's suites. So we were just searching, searching. And then we went in to one suite and we were like, oh, we ain't here. As we were walking out, he pulls in to one of the suites. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, <laughs> I remember I was stunned. I was like, what are the odds? You know, <laughs> you just pull up to this suite. Don't got a key. Cause I know where he lives. You know what I mean? I'm the RA. I know where everyone lives. Yeah. So he doesn't have a key to this suite. There's no way he got a key. So I was just, shoot like he's here now you know and i looked at you and then instantly jaquille turned into archie's chill because i don't know you gotta you gotta switch like that where you can flip it and you started to giving him in you started to give him the little whole rundown you can't be doing that but i, I can't remember exactly what you were saying but i remember i didn't say anything because i was like oh, well yeah, yeah. so i what i do remember about it because i do not remember what i said either but I do remember in the conversation, he started to talk to me like he knew the policy. Yep. And I was just like, all right, let me explain to you the policy. I was like, if you do not have a key to this, this building, to, to this suite, yeah. you're not allowed in here. I was, like, I was like, I don't care if the door was propped. I don't care if it was unlocked. You are not allowed in here because you do not live here. Yeah. Right? Now, if you want to live in this suite, ask the people if there's an open space and then ask your RA who can then ask their RC to switch you into a room. But that's not how it goes. You don't get to just pop in where you wanna pop in, right? And I was like, and if you have any other concerns, I was like, you don't have to go to your RA, you can go directly to me and we can have this conversation. And then he was just like, uh. Was that's like, how I was looking at you. I was like, oh shoot, all right, Jaquille. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, cause what we're not gonna have is you making people uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, we, we can't have that, right? We can't have situations where people don't feel comfortable in their own homes. Yeah. And, you know, I just, you know, address the situation. And then I remember, uh, you know, him leaving the suite. We waited for him to go back to his room. <laughs> uh, you're in yours. Shut the suite door, make sure it was locked. And then we walked away. And then I was like, all right, now back to what we was talking about. And you just Yeah, like, but I was just like, man, because I remember that situation so vividly. I was like, man, Jaquila, didn't I, I gave you a whole rundown real quick, you know, and, I, and you were able to just lay it down on it. And I was like, man. Yeah. I didn't say a word. And this, I think this is a probably like already five months into the job. I didn't say a word because I didn't know what to say, you know? Because he, when, whenever me and me and uh, he, him talk, he would just be giving me, you know, he was a senior at the time. I think he was at, uh, he was living in the housing for five years or something like that. He was giving me all this uh, spiel of the rules and regulations of housing. And I just be like, man, I apparently I didn't know that. You know what I mean? But you laid it down to him. I was like, thank you, Jaquil. I'm glad you were here. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I think um, for me, because like, like to put into perspective, right? Like when I first started at Long Beach, 
I didn't get to go to training. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, I was going through all of these different experiences where they were like, oh, you can't go to training and your paperwork and drug test this and background check that. So I, I just went to lunches, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And people would be like, yo, like, when is this RC gonna come? Like, we try to get yeah. to know him and stuff. And I was just like, hey, look, come at lunchtime. If y'all wanna talk to me, it'd be at lunchtime. So I had to like learn everything by experiencing it and which really it sucked but it was also good right because I like to think that I'm a good judge of character and I know how to analyze situations and I just know right from wrong and so I just use that right and I think eventually I understood the policy and stuff like that and then I just was just like I just want people to feel comfortable in their homes and I also don't want to make him feel like you know he can't live where he wants to live and stuff like that but I also want him to know that like some of the behavior that you're doing is is very creepy and yeah. makes people feel uncomfortable exactly. without like ostracizing him and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think that's one of the, the things, right, that gives the leeway to like some housing issues. I think some of the things that, you know, were issues for me in housing was like, we didn't tell the RAs enough about whether it was about residents or whether it was about situations or something like that. Like, you know, when we typically move like a resident for like a behavior issue or for like a situation, we at least have to update the RA on like why they're there. Exactly, so with that situation, like I said, I just knew he was moving from a spot to a spot. You know, I knew he was a senior, but they didn't give me a whole, like they didn't give me nothing. I'm just coming in with, oh, we're going to welcome him with open arms. Obviously, he's just a senior. He's a little older than the rest of us, but we're going to welcome him in. But the residents who are living in the building, dealing with these situations, you know, because they're they're living with him. They they know what's going on. They're the ones telling me and updating me on what's going on. Yeah. So I I had to get that secondhand experience. I wasn't able to, like, see it for myself. I had to just hear it and then slowly start to see it. Yeah. And I think for me, it was like, um, they would tell us sometimes, you know, as RCs, right? They would tell us if we had to respond to a situation or um, read a duty report or whatever, it was more so like, oh, they passed the duty phone. Let me tell you about this resident. And then we know about the resident, but that's it, right? And so like, I, I knew that the resident had been moved, but I, that's it, right? Exactly. Like, and so it was like, he's not, one, he's not even in my, in my building, like mm-hmm. I mean, on at my site, like I'm beachside, you know what I mean? I'm not even on campus, yeah. off campus apartments. And so um, w- when we responded to situations, that's, what, that's why it was always confusing to me. I was like, why am I responding to situations on campus when I live off campus? So I got to drive on campus to go respond to something that could end really quickly. And yeah. so that never made sense to me. Um, but I do remember, I remember that situation um, so vividly because I was just like, yo, he's literally going into other people's suites. <laughs> like, like this is a safety issue. This is a concern. Like there's a lot, like he's significantly older than these people. This is a freshman dorming. Like I was like, this is a lot. There's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the things too about housing, right, is after I left, right, after mm-hmm. I left, you know, Long Beach housing. I, I ventured off into another housing job at a other school, you know, 
Um, but you know, you you lingered around and you stayed. Yeah. You stayed at Long Beach. Uh, what was your second year like? I know that y'all dealt with a lot more issues and yeah, yeah, and things. But like it's that. crazy because I still hit you. Know I still hit you up. Hey, what what do I do here? You know, it's not like I never we we lost contact at all. You know, you still came to hoop and all that. Yeah, yeah. I would always I would still hit you up even though you weren't in the position no more. I would still hit you up for certain situations that I didn't know how to deal with, you know, maybe yeah. on a social level or maybe on like a policy level, I would just be like, hey man, what do I do here? Yeah. I mean, but from that first year to second year, it was it was a lot more, I would say, easy for me because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's an easy job. But the first year it was me getting to know my residents, get real close with them. You know, uh, I, I don't know if you remember it, but in my building, they would be taping up things saying, where's Christian, where's Christian? Because I'd be hanging out with some people. Mm -hmm. I'd be gone for three hours. My whole common room area is filled with signs saying, where's Christian? <laughs> you know, they'd be playing pranks on me. Uh, I was real close with all of them. To this day, I'm still real close with a lot of them. Um, but going into that second year, I, I was more back, you know, I was taking a step back. Uh, it was my senior year. I'm getting ready for what's next. So I want to say I wasn't as actively, you know, there for my residents, but I'm still close to them yeah. to this day, you know. Um, in terms of like, uh, you know, RA politics, you know, you know, the politics that goes yeah. with in housing. Uh, I was a guy that people, you know, maybe reached out to for help or, you know, uh, for assistance for anything, whether it's like dealing with their residents or uh, dealing with upper management of housing. Yeah. You know, all the younger RAs, not all of them, but a good amount of them would come to me for advice and things like that. Uh, and because I was already close with them, you know, we were, I'm, I feel like I'm easily approachable. So it'd be easy to talk to me about those type of situations. Uh, but yeah, man, I was, I was taking a step back and I wasn't really as engaged. Yeah. And there was a lot of changes in housing as well. Yeah. You know, they did a lot of rule changes, a lot of uh, job description changes. I was, I was not, I wasn't really like about it. So I was, uh, yeah. I was I, out here. Yeah. Cause I know that like, um, you know, my partner at the time, um, when, um, she worked in housing with you all and she was an RC, um, and, you know, I would talk to her about situations that she's dealing with and stuff like that, you know? Um, but, I know that you know you all dealt with a, a situation like a high high oh, shoot that one that's what you're talking about uh you know with uh i think i called you after that too yeah <laughs> you both called me which was very yeah, interesting i called her and then uh obviously because we were dealing with the situation together yeah. she was on call and i was too yeah. and i think i called you right after yeah and yeah. it's like you know while when i was there i didn't have anything like that happen you know um I think too, like, it's just being very people-centered, right? And I think, you know, she um, she was very people-centered too. And I think that's what made her good in housing, um, you know, and why she continues to be good in housing and stuff yeah. like that is like, you know, she was like, I'm worried about Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Christian better not go outside. That, that's literally all I was saying. Why would you go outside? The RA job is cool and all, but it ain't that cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like not to you know, that story a little bit. What happened? Yeah. Oh my gosh, for people, uh, I you obviously know, but yeah. uh, 
with that story is uh, I, I was gonna you know tell that story m- myself, but I, I want to say it here too because you know for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Would you kill? But um, <laughs> when uh, I was uh, on call one night, uh, I got a phone call from you know the police. The, I, I don't have the caller ID on there, so I answered it. Hello, my name is Christian. What's up? What's going on? You know, I, I don't answer professionally. But, <laughs> uh, they're like, yeah, there's a situation out here. Uh, can you please come outside in the park, you know, the parkside pathway area? I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll come outside. They didn't let me know nothing. I don't know what's going on. They said, can you come outside? And I was like, okay, cool. sure, sure. So I get out my building, go outside, look, six cop cars, just like out there I was like, oh shoot what's going on what we need six cop cars for that that should have been a red flag but for me it wasn't so i'm just walking out there you know what's what's up what's going on uh talk to uh as i was walking there and getting ready to talk to them they're putting on their vests you know the like, bulletproof vests so what, what the hell and i see like two cops coming up with like those big ars i was like we going to war like what's going on here <laughs> I, I come up to one of them. I was like, "Hey, uh, I got called. I'm the RA on call. I got, I got called for a situation. They gave me the whole rundown. Hey, there's been a robbery at the 7-Eleven down the street, and the two or the three suspects at large have come here with, uh, come here to the Parkside area with a gun and a knife. And I would, I looked at them like, wait, what? And then." I look to my right, like uh, the corner of my eye, there's a car that got smushed and crashed because they were driving through our campus and they, they crashed the car and they did. And they said, yeah, the suspects are suspects at large are here in this area. I was freaking out. I was like, well, they're here with a gun, knife? Oh, okay then. And they said, we need you to call your supervisor. So I, I call her up. Uh, I was like, hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. <laughs> they want you to come out here because they asked for her to come out. She said, no, I don't feel comfortable coming out there. And I said, I wouldn't either. I don't know why I'm out here. <laughs> and then I said, oh, she doesn't feel comfortable uh, being out here. Um, I don't either. Like, what, what, what you want me to do? They said, son, I don't know why you're here. You can go back to your dorm. Just make sure everyone's safely in their rooms. I said, you don't know why I'm here. You called me to come out here. So I'm already like, man, y- y'all pissing me off at this point. Y'all really just pissing me off. You know, university police, come on, man. Yeah, what, what y'all doing? But at that time, you know, you got six cop cars. All the residents are out. You know, what's going on? What's going on? I got I got to yell out with my with my voice. I was like, hey, everyone, go to your rooms. Don't come come back out. So everyone's slowly going into their rooms. I went to my room, I locked it up. I started barricading. I'm not gonna lie, I started barricading. I was like, man, get in here. I'm not, I'm not gonna die. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, that situation lasted, I wanna say until four or 5 a.m. Mm. I couldn't go to sleep because, you know, I got calls like, what's, you know, like just updates, like give me updates on what's going on. I was freaking out. I was like, man, they out here. They really out here. They could be among us, you know? Cause uh, in housing, you know, you've seen it. People just let people in. They don't even have to know who they are. They just, oh, you're trying to come into the building? All right, thank you, come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, no no one really cares. Everyone's really open about it. No one's really, oh, you don't live here, you can't come in here. They just, you can come in all you want. 
So I was freaking out. You hear heard helicopters hovering over us. I was like, man, what they got me into? I literally could have died. If they if they were at a you know a shootout, I could have died. Absolutely. I'm in the middle of the battlefield. Y'all got vests on. Let me have a vest. <laughs> Let me get a bulletproof vest out here. Let me get a gun. Yeah, I'm here with, with no ammunition, no nothing. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know, that situation, it's wild, because like yeah. I, I think about it, right? We've had situations at Cal Poly um, that I dealt with, but it's very similar, you know, um, not to that, we've, like we've had people who running away from the cops come on property and of course, of course, yeah. come into somebody's apartment and all that stuff. And we're like, yo, <laughs> stay in the house, stay in the house, you know? Yeah. But in, in your situation, it just shows like the relationship, even when I worked there, right? The relationship that we had with the police officers, they were not good. I was all like, y'all are supposed to be responding to these situations and y'all don't know why y'all are calling us. Yep. Y'all don't know our policy. So y'all just be like, why are we called? We're like, Cause we were told to call you when we had this situation. Mm-hmm. Like always with marijuana, right? We had to call them, right? Hey, there's marijuana in the room. And they'll go in there and be like, oh, it's only like a gram. I'm like, what are you telling me for? Yeah. But this is your situation. Deal with it from here. And they'll be like, ah, oh, I don't see an issue with this. And I'll be like, so what are we supposed to do? Exactly. Like, I'm the supervisor and I got to tell my supervisor, hey, police came and they said that it's no big deal. Yeah. And then she got to tell me like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. They're going home. That's what they said. They're leaving. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll put it in a duty report. All right. I mean, I guess so. Like, you know, like, like what? Like, like how, how is this something that like, that's not talked about? Exactly. In your situation, it's like, now nah, I'm gonna need you to tell me what's going on before I pop up out here. Like, and then they just say, oh, I don't really need you out here. I just. Yeah. You bringing me out here. You tell me to come outside and see what's going on. And then, you know, I actually don't know why you're here. Like, what? What? What does that mean? Like the relationship and the communication between both sides, both housing and like university police, it's, it wasn't there. And it just made it hard for, you know, situations like that or marijuana or any type of drug, you know, that's those situations just, just make it tough. Like how, how am I supposed to do anything? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that I, I always say with, uh, with other housing professionals is I feel like we get more training than police officers do. Like, I really do feel like we get a more overall training. Like, yes, they they deal with like, you know, more hostile situations, like, you know, um, like they respond more interactively. We deal with the same situations, domestic violence, (laughs) you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. violence. Like we deal with it all too. The only difference is we don't have a gun. Yeah, can't touch nobody. Like, like we just got to scream and yell and be like, listening to us. We're just going to call the cops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we go through the de-escalation training. We go through all these things, but we can't do much about it. Like, that's the thing. We, what, what do you want us to do? You know what I mean? Um, I agree with that, man. The training, the training that we had to go through, the, the, it's rigorous. You know, you, I, it's the, basically the whole day into the night. And you, you have to go through uh, trainings for active shooters, drugs, domestic violence. And you still have to... Uh, go through trainings for uh, being able to uh, communicate socially with, you know, residents that have issues, you know, whether it's uh, personal issues or public issues, like our, the training that RAs and RCs, anyone in housing that has to go through, it's, it's real tough. Yeah. It's, tough. 
Ain't no joke. Ain't no joke. Tough, extensive, right? Extensive. And, and you learn so much from it. I and I say that's that's one of the things that I will take away from housing, right? While in my first year of housing at Long Beach, I didn't get no training, but like the training that I was able to like put on or provide or like Ooh, I remember that one. You know, I think those trainings really do help, right? And you get to gain so many skills from it. Um, and I enjoy that a lot, right? Um, so some of the things that I think, you know, touching on, right, is, you know, we, there was not a lot of representation, right? Not a lot of men of color in housing, right? I could probably talk about the RAs on the fingers of my hand, how many there were in men of color. Were RAs, yeah. You, Michael, Jordan. June. June. That's it. That's what I, that's coming to mind. That's all all the ones coming to mind. If I if we forget, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think there's any more. But if we forget, um, hey, sorry, right? But then there was you know RHA members, right? And they're technically housing, but they're not you know dealing with on call situations and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know those are you know, that's my guys. Those are my guys too. You know, you know sliced bread who was already on here. You know, yeah. Dave, you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and the whole crew and stuff like that. And so. Um, one of the big, I think one of the big things is like, you know, because there wasn't a lot of representation, like the RCs, you know, me, Chris, Andrew, um, and well, cause we were the only, you know, staff of color, um, mm -hmm. and, um, and Juan, you know, uh, and we were like, yo, we need to do something to get more men of color in housing. Yeah. Right? And so we created BU, right? Uh, and Brothers United, you know, trying to trying to create bonds with the residents of color, mm -hmm. um, but also being like, yo, we are RAs, we are RCs. We interview you for housing jobs. They are the ones who are doing the job and they can tell you what they did in their interview. This yeah. is something that we think will really help like your, your chances, right? And, you know, focus group, it was beautiful. Right when we were able to have people come and just bond and talk and stuff, um, and I think that that's one of the things that I would say that I'm glad we did right because it did bring us closer together as like you know you know RCRA relationship and stuff like that, but I think it also like exposed me to like there are more residents of color in housing because I'm stuck in Little Beachside you know yeah and so. Um, I think that experience was one of the the good experiences of housing of just we went through so much information for them for trying to get this housing job yeah. <laughs> which and and i think some of them got hired you know some of them interviewed really well you got waitlisted, yeah yeah and so i think it was very successful but um talk about what that was like for you like what was it like being a part of that focus group and no, I loved it. Uh, I think Slice brought it up to me. Um, he was he was letting me know this this is what's going on. Uh, Jaquil and Andrew, they're trying to put it on for us. Uh, they're, they're the ones kind of leading it. And I was like, oh shoot, I, I love it. Like it's a great idea because, like you said, there's 52 RAs, right? And four of the 52 are men of color, you know. And then if you consider all the people who are working, like you said an RHA uh, or above, there's not that many. Yeah. And just thinking about it, even our residents self, like the amount of people 
who are men of color as a resident, it's not that many. Like, it's, it's kind of glaring how, like, the discrepancies of, oh, this is how many men of color you have in, you know, housing, try to make them all right, you know? Yeah. That type of thing. It's, it, was, it was tough. It was tough to begin with because I think our first meeting, there wasn't that many people. I, I tried to bring as many of my residents as I could, you know, but there wasn't that many people. And we, we still, you know, outreach as much as we could. Like, hey, like, like you said, we're the ones who are interviewing you. Yeah. This is the job that you could potentially get. And the thing that sucks is a lot of the, the residents that I talked to about this, they, they were like, oh, I don't know if I should be an RA, you know? Like, is it because of the representation? Like, you don't see people who look like you that are RAs, you know? How, like, what's the problem there? You, you have the, the potential. You have all the things, all the correct characteristics, all the needs and wants of an RA. You, it's you. Yeah. But they just don't feel comfortable because maybe you don't see it, see it elsewhere, you know? It's, it was crazy to me. But like, like you said, the bonds that we formed, I, I was real close with a lot of them a lot of the residents that, that did come or whoever came. And then I remember our first or second meeting, uh, we had uh, a hooping session right after that. You remember that? Uh, we all just hoop. Like it shows we're just like y'all. Like we might be in this position of authority or this, this figure, you know, this public figure of being an RARC, but we're just like y'all. Yeah. Like, we're, we're people of color too. We go through the same experiences and we like the same things it's it's not that hard to become one because you have the potential to be one so that's yeah. awesome i loved it i loved it and i think that was one of the greatest things right is like and if i could talk to like michael and everybody else who was on it you know um you know i think a lot of them had a lot of the same like experiences like it was like we had a lot of fun right because we were doing it just like we live here like we i would love to see more men of color in housing yeah. Right. It was also a chance, like, all right, even if you don't apply to a housing job, at least I saw you. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it was hard seeing residents of color. Like at Beachside, I had a lot more, you know, people of color there, but they were all like older transfer students getting ready to graduate and stuff. They were like, I'm not trying to be an RA. I'm trying to graduate. Yeah. Whereas like Parkside and Hillside, it's like y'all are like y'all could be RAs, and and they were asking us. Like we, I had people asking me all the time all year long oh how do I become an RA like I'm like you gotta apply like that's the first step mm -hmm. and then and then when we had the just like that day of like mock interviews and yeah that was a good one I like that one that one was good because we really yeah. went through like this is what it's like these are some of the questions that you may be asked yeah I think a lot of them took a lot away from it like oh yeah that that would be good, right? And so I'm glad some of them did get hired, you know? Um, and they ended up being, I think, RAs with you in your second year. Um, and then I think too, it's just like, just preparation. That's like preparation to just go out into the real world yeah. um, and interview and stuff like that. Um, but- Yes, because we couldn't, we couldn't bring it back for the year after, like my second year as an RA, I, I was talking to Slice because it was just you, all three of you, you, Andrew and Chris, you guys are all gone. Yeah. And it was just me and Slice. I was like, hey, Slice, like we're, we're kind of the only ones coming back for the next one. Besides June, but June wasn't really too active about it. But yeah. we're kind of we're the only ones kind of coming back. We got to bring it back. And it just didn't fall through. Like the pieces just 
didn't work. I know with slide schedule, my schedule, it was, it was tough if we were going to lead it. And I want to say we had, I think the same amount of men of color, maybe less the year after. Yeah. But it was already tough in itself. You know, we couldn't, couldn't get the pieces move in. And I was just sad because it was fun having, having that, you know, what was it Fridays? Yeah. Fridays. We got, we had some food and, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wish and game night. Remember that game, game night? night? Yeah, I brought my TV. Oh, it was, it was, it, I think it was really good. It was just an opportunity to bond, right? Because we all know, like, statistically and research wise, like, it's proven that, like, you know, the more you feel like you belong on a college campus, the better you do, right? And yeah, so we were really trying to, like, look, you belong here. I know housing's not always the greatest for people, right? When you're like, yeah. oh, I got, you know, five roommates who, don't understand my culture or yeah. I got, you know, a whole floor of people who look at me like I'm the weirdo or something like that. Yeah. Right? Being able to just go to a common room and see everybody that looks like you or just people of different cultures, being able to just chill, talk about similar interests and stuff. I think it was really, it was really good to do that. And like, I, it's unfortunate. And I think that was one of my biggest worries is like, yo, like me, Andrew, Chris, Bria, Brandy, all of us left, mm -hmm. right? And so like all the staff of color representation went all the way down, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think with that, you lost the people and Juan leaving too, like you lost a lot of the things that we created, the avenues that we did create for students of color and residents of color and staff of color like you know we had the wake up conference that Juan created yeah. like we had BU right we had you know training that was led by staff of color that was talking about our experiences and stuff like and all that kind of just went away when we all left and I think that's unfortunate but um, I wasn't about to stay there for another year you know um, but um, I needed to I needed to I needed that free housing and uh, it was fun for me so no, I think, and that's and that's good. Is I think it's beneficial for you. I would have loved for you to become an RC. I think that would have been a good experience for you, but you know, you know how that goes sometimes. Um, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but some things, right? Um, what? So let's 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 talk about you know some wrapping up things, right? So let's say you know you can talk to Christian first year RA all over again. Yeah. What are pieces of advice you would give him? Uh, going into the job or like going into life? <laughs> uh, going into the job because going, going into life in the draft. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a long one. But going into the job, I would say um, make a more conserv uh, conservative, right? That's the word, conservative? Conservative effort into, you know, bringing your resident. Because I, 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 I tried, you've seen it, you saw yeah. it. I tried bringing all my uh, residents into BU or maybe even reaching out to like different buildings because that that whole experience of um, being a man of color in, in a job of how like in a professional job of housing, bro, it's 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 different. It's a different breed. Like I loved it. You know, maybe maybe other people had other experiences. Obviously, it was tough for me. It's not like it was a cakewalk, but. I loved it, like meeting new people, because that's that's who I am. I like meeting new people, making new relationships, being able to get close to people, learning from people. Like that's all that's all I'm about. Um, but I would say be more open into uh, 
making those bonds with your residents, uh, just get ready for all the politics that housing comes with. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a part of that because my first year, you, uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was a, it's a lot of drama within the RAs in itself. And I, I never partook in that. You know, I took, I took a, you know, an approach where I tried to get close to everybody. And I found like who I was gonna be close to and who I was gonna make these relationships with, but I never partook in, uh, you know, the gossip, the drama, cause I'm, I'm just not, that's not me, man. Like I'd rather just uh, build those bonds and those relationships, have those vibes. Cause you know, I'm all about the vibes and just have those vibes and uh, uh, have a good experience. Cause who wants to live in housing if you're gonna be dealing with drama literally every day? Yeah. You know, live in your position of work. Yeah. I don't think some people realize that. Like, you're like, I don't have a chance to go home. Like, my home is literally back here. Like, this, this is home now. But <laughs> if you're an RA, your home and your workplace is the same spot. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no running away and hiding. There, you're, you're always there. So, I, I don't know. I would just stay away from the drama. Just build relationships. That's, that's not what I would say. Yeah. I think if I was to talk to woo, me as a first time entering in housing and stuff, I think one of the things I, I would say is make a, a bigger effort in like reaching out to uh, residents of color. Yeah. Uh, not that I didn't do it because I did a significant amount of it. I think that like I, I could have either created more things or more spaces for the residents of color or uh, try to promote like more events and stuff that residents of color would go to and just be more open to it. I'd also say to, to me like, um, just because some of the residents don't think that you work there or that you're qualified to work there because you're black or because yeah. you know, you're not white, doesn't mean that you're not any less like, um, good or that doesn't make sense but like that i'm not good at my job because i'm not you know a white professional or anything like that or i get compared a lot to my counterparts and stuff and and, and just realizing that like you know um i did have a a, a very good sense of how to do the job and mm -hmm. do it my own way and i would just tell myself like stay doing it your own way don't yeah. try to conform to like what everybody else is doing around you Cause I think what made me a different RC than a lot of other RCs was like, I, I just didn't play by the rules that I didn't have to play by. Like, you know, like, yes, I'm gonna follow policy and I'm going to not break confidentiality. But like, there was just like unspoken rules like, oh, you know, don't become friends with your RAs. I'm like, no, like what? Yeah. Some of them are literally like my age. <laughs> I'm not about to like, and some of them are like, we have so many similar interests. Like we play sports or we like sports or, anything like that. And so like, if I live where I work and they live where they work, they're experiencing some of the same things that I'm experiencing. So like, all right, let's go bowling or something. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, let's let's just kick it. Like, I think one of the things that I did is I always had my RAs over my apartment, you know, like- Yeah, me over that one time. Yeah. Really, not one time, we, we came a couple of times, but- A couple of times, but like, you know- Deep I, Oreos is the one I remember. A deep fried Oreos, right? And so- you know, like, and, and I think that's just for me, like, is being able to have those conversations and talk and just like enjoy each other's company and stuff. Cause it's like, look, I'm human. Like I have interests and 
like I'm going to grad school, like we're, we're all doing the same kind of stuff. It's like, we're going to school, we're working, we're just trying to make it and we're just trying to grind, you know what yeah. I mean? And we're all dealing with these housing politics because there's a lot of it. There's, you know, and um, so some of the things that I would tell like a, a brand new newbie who hasn't experienced housing yet, right? Just like, all right, you wanna be an RA, right? Yeah. You are a person of color, like, doesn't matter what your gender is, right? Or if you're non-gender conforming, but you are a person of color. Yeah. What What would you say are the top three qualities they need to have in order to do this job and not leave the job? And not leave the job, like no, in the middle of it. I want to leave the job so quickly. Like, what will help you maintain the job? What helped, what three qualities help you maintain the job your first year? Hmm. I want to say communication, like that's, that's a big one, whether it's communicating with your residents, your RA peers or higher ups, you got to always have that line of communication. Cause if anything's any of the, those communication avenues are like cut, mm. it's kind of going to be kind of tough. Like you don't have a relationship with your residents kind of tough. Yeah. You don't have one with your RA partners or peers. It's going to be hard to do the job. And if you don't have one with your supervisors, you, you don't you don't know what's going on you know what i mean you don't know the, the housing politics at that point another would be um shoot i would say being open to change because with the with the job it's a lot of change you know a lot of moving pieces um a lot of uh housing policy changes uh, you just got to be open to uh, things going on you know whether you like it or not you got to be open to it and just roll with the punches at that point. Um, and the last thing I wanna say is maybe, it's like be understanding because a lot of these people come from different walks of life. You know, not no one comes from the same, they can come from somewhere similar, but no one comes from exactly what you're going through. You know, everyone's got their own baggage and luggage that they gotta carry with them, luggage of life. And then you've you just gotta be understanding about it. You know, you, got, you can't, uh, just, oh, he, he probably understands, he probably knows what I'm talking about. You know, everyone, everyone's coming from some, some more different, different backgrounds. So you gotta be understanding where everyone's coming from. Yeah, those, those are definitely, I think those are all, those apply to the RA position and the, you know, higher up position. Yeah. Um, oh, what about you? What, what do you? what do you think are the one, the three things that people should, should bring? Um, I think uh, number one is patience. Mm. Um, sometimes you want all the answers right away. Sometimes you want things to be done right away. Sometimes like things aren't, things are going to take time and you just got to be patient with it. Like, you know, um, I think that's one of the things that really helped me um, and will help other people is because like housing is a, a, sometimes a shit storm. And yeah. sometimes it's a beautiful chaos and sometimes it's, it's just chill. Yeah. You just gotta be patient with whatever's coming. Um, another thing, it's kind of on the same lines as yours: flexibility. Like, mm. you gotta be open to that. That be able to like, all right, change is happening. Let me adapt, right? Yeah. Whether that's like your duty schedule, whether that's like, all right, maybe I wouldn't normally take a class at you know mm -hmm. nine o'clock, ten o'clock, but I really don't want to take it at three o'clock when that's prime time for like duty stuff you know what I mean like and then you're going to end up having duty for like a week straight you know so it's like 
being strategic about your schedule and letting it meet your needs. So being flexible. Um, and then I think the last thing is just like, and it's, I guess it's a two-parter is like awareness, self-awareness um, and just like authenticity. I think yep. uh, me being myself through the entire job, I think, and being aware of that, right. Really helped me do well in that job because like, I never walked home after a duty situation, like, oh man, did I do the right thing? Because I'm like, well, if I'm being myself and I'm making the decisions I feel like I need to make, then I'm making what's in the best interest of this person and not what's in the best interest of me. Because there are, there are going to be situations and this is just how housing works, right? You may not deal with super dangerous situations that we've dealt with or anything like that, but you there's going to be a situation where you are gonna to have to make a moral decision, right? Whether that's like, do I write this resident up for smelling like marijuana? when I know that they're struggling in their classes, when I know that, you know, that they're like three strikes and they're about to be out of housing, when I know that they're already struggling, or do I just follow that policy because we, we are supposed to be strict by the policy, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, it's always being like, make the decisions in the best interest of the student, but also be aware of how the policy may impact them. And mm -hmm. so, I was always, I've always been very aware of that and aware of myself. It's like, if I was a student in this situation, what would, what would I, how would I feel about it and stuff like that? But also being like, you know, I have to do my job. You know, at the end of the day, I have to do my job. Um, so those are three, I think, very, um, <laughs> very simple, but not simple things at the same time, because housing will shift you as a person, right? you'll hear things like people will call you a cop they'll call you a snitch they'll call you all sorts of things and, and you're yeah. really like am i like wow yeah. you know you gotta like re really think about who you are and stuff yeah. but i think those things are are things that will help you in, in in the housing world um and i think overall just like some closing remarks right is just um whether you want to be an ra because you want free housing or because you really want the growing opportunity um, whether you want to be a housing professional because you really think that's your avenue, right? You're a people person. Even if you're not a people person, introverts do really well in housing yeah. too, right? Whether you just want to put on programs and stuff like that. At the end of the day, you have to, there's things that you just have to take into consideration. You always have to take into consideration like yourself, like what you're willing to deal with, the amount of stress you want to deal with. You have to understand that people are going to come from different backgrounds. You have to be open to it. You have to respect it right? There's going to be cultures you don't understand. There's going to be things that you're going to have to bring up. You're going to see racist shit. That's just going to be a part of it. And you're going to have to be able to address it, right? There's going to be roommate issues that you're going to deal with that make no sense. Yeah. Right? Arguing over milk, arguing over space in the room, like you're just going to deal with that. But if you're open with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, if you try to do what's the best interest of the students, right? Also just try to make sure that you're being being vocal about the things that you don't like, right? I think a lot of RAs feel like they can't like say things about what they don't like about the position while they're in it because they, they're scared they're gonna get fired, but like, that's not how it works. Like if there's a concern that you genuinely have, like the way we do duty selection, right? If you have an issue with that, say something, right? And like, if you think the way that we deal with on-call situations is problematic, say something, right? You know, or say something at least to your supervisor so they can talk about it and think yeah. about it. Um, and I, I think overall, like, you know, being a person of color in any space, right, you always have to be very mindful of that, that how people may see you may be because of your job or maybe because of 
who you are, like what you look like and what you present like. And sometimes it's both, right? Mm -hmm. So being aware of that and understanding that your experience may be drastically different from your counterparts because of your skin and finding your avenues to like of support to help you get through that housing job, right? For me, it was, you know, some of my coworkers, you know, Bria, Brandy, Andrew, Chris, Tutu, Catalina, and and the bunch, right? and for for the RAs, I tried to be that layer of support, right? I tried to be that like, all right, I know the situation you just dealt with is tough, right? I'm not your direct supervisor, but I'm gonna reach out and see if you're good, right? And just doing that is just making sure that they're good, right? I think was enough for them to be like, cool, right? So that's why I really like for the men of color in housing and just any like person of color who worked in housing, I was always trying to like make sure they were good like and I still talk to them you know like Destin and stuff like that it's like making sure they're good because I know like the battle that we have to navigate is rough sometimes um but we're in this unique position right or we were in that unique position where like you have to play advisor police officer counselor uh teacher all in one role you know um and sometimes babysitter you know and <laughs> And, and being able to like really put yourself in those shoes. But um, that's, that's the conversation that we, we, we just had. Uh, Christian, do you want people to follow you on social media? If so, go ahead and drop those social yes, media. Yes, uh, just keep a lookout. So your boy's gonna be starting a YouTube channel sometime Let's soon. Go! You feel me? Um, but yeah, IG, um, shoot, I forget my, my own handle, bro. Uh, but yeah, follow me on IG, Twitter. Uh, if 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 it's not on, like you know, some description, it's all good. But yeah, YouTube, though, keep a lookout for that YouTube. It's gonna be starting sometime soon. Get ready. Absolutely, I will definitely put all the things in the description, yes, uh, the social medias and things like that. Um, I will also, whenever his YouTube starts and stuff like yes. that, I will definitely. Definitely be promoting that on my page and things like that. And just like- Appreciate you, my guy. I appreciate you. Trying to get my guy some some attention, you know? Uh, and, um, you know, uh, that's been another episode of Tell Me About It with Jaquil. Uh, tune in next time. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy what you got to do and uh, stay safe out there. I'm not going to